Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Solomon Ashoms in Johannesburg, South Africa and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we focus on the 2018 CAF Champions League and the Confederation Cup, which begin this weekend with clubs from all over Africa playing in preliminary round games. We hear from the coach of upcoming Zambian club Zanaco, who just missed out on a quarter-final place in the Champions League last year. Yeah, of course, it was a very painful loss, losing uh, on the last day of, uh, of the group stage matches. I think it was very painful. Also, we have lots of your views on how Gabon striker Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang will get on at Arsenal as he scored on his debut. And Stuart reviews the latest round of English Premier League games, including the extraordinary contest between Liverpool and Tottenham. Now, Mo Salah from Egypt scored both the Liverpool goals, one which seemed to dribble through three defenders as if they weren't there. That's coming up later, but first to the 2018 African Nations Championship, where Morocco became the first host to win this tournament, which is for home-based players only, as they beat Nigeria 4-0 in the final. Sudan and Libya did well to get to the semi-finals. Cameroon were among the first teams to be eliminated. Remember, we spoke to their coach Rigobert Song before the tournament. He was hoping to reach the final, but it wasn't the case. Well, Solomon, what do you think about the tournament? Well, Steve, I think, uh, you know, the tournament has been great for the host nation, Morocco, who is on their way to uh, the World Cup in itself later this year. And also for the Moroccan League, it's, it's been great. And it's been great for African football. We saw a display of uh, technical abilities. We saw a display of precision. We saw new players emerging. We saw teams uh, coming from behind and showing resilient and winning games. We saw a different display of African flair and football all across the, the groups. And, and I think it's, it's really been great. So I think the tournament in itself, you know, hosted by Morocco, with all the facilities and all they have, uh, you know, to display, it's been a great tournament. And it's great to showcase Africa's football. And it's great to be able to see uh, players playing their trade in Africa in their own country's league, coming out and going out uh, to perform because they know this is not just a celebration of African football, but it's a pathway to going into the European League uh, where they could earn more money for themselves and also uh, improve technically. So I definitely think it's, it's a great tournament, though some of the group games and some of the matches we saw small crowds, but at the same time, uh, we saw the passion that, that was at display. Uh, we saw the Moroccan fans really uh, coming in and supporting their teams. And we also saw the Nigerian team, uh, you know, a big crowd there uh, of Nigerians coming in to support their team. Uh, Morocco had the facility, so it was great, great uh, football pitches and, and also, uh, you know, great uh, refereeing. Uh, there's not a lot of controversy around the refereeing. Definitely for me, the team that are on the up, country like Libya, despite the crisis they face in their nation, not having a, a league that is inclusive right now, but still they came in and got all the way to the semi-final and lost the top place game to Sudan. And I must mention Sudan also. Sudan has been put, putting in a lot of money in their league and it's good to see them earning third place. But my major disappointment, I think, is Zambia 
the, the Zambian league is going strong and a lot of young players so I thought they were going to be on display and and, uh, and but they were not but the final game between Morocco and, and Nigeria was uh, two one-sided you know the four zero was two one-sided you know I would expect uh, Nigeria to play it to have played better but maybe they're tired and fatigued and uh, they couldn't contend Morocco and Morocco definitely a great host for the first time host winning uh, the tournament and also uh, because they have uh, the champions of Africa, Wydad Casablanca, right there with them. And they have uh, great clubs like uh, Raja. And, and they have a strong league, one of the strongest leagues in Africa. So it's only a reflection of how strong technically their league is and how much they've really uh, uh, invested in their league. Yes, the Chan is in many ways a test of how strong your own domestic league is, as it's only for the home-based players. Well, with the Chan, the African Nations Championship having ended, we now move straight on to the 2018 CAF Champions League and Confederation Cup with the preliminary round first leg games on this weekend. Well, Solomon quite rightly pointing out there that Zambia were a disappointment at the Chan given their record of late because Zambia have two Champions League slots now. The countries with the best recent performances are given two places and last year Zanaco came very close to reaching the quarter-finals. They were top of their group going into the final match day but lost that game to eventual champions Widad Casablanca of Morocco and missed out on a quarter-final place. Zanaco and Zesco are Zambia's two representatives this year and Zanaco were here in Zimbabwe recently playing some friendly matches and my colleague Orbert Sitole spoke to Zanaco coach Mumamba Numba. Basically it is the uh, sponsorship that uh, the companies are pumping in football because that is what will make a team to, to rise and if you see at uh, Zesco this time around I think it is a, t- a team to reckon in uh, the African continent together with Zanaco. It is because of what management of these teams are, are doing and pumping in into football so that they, they, they see how these teams can perform to, to market their companies and to 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 improve on the Zambian football and I think if you see at the uh, Zambian football currently there's uh, too much competition because a lot of uh, sponsors have come in to pump in a lot of money so that the game of football attracts a lot of people. So this makes your job easier as coaches? Of course it makes our job easier when the management is pumping in a lot ma- a lot of money in football because that is what uh, will determine for a team to be a, a better team. Once there's no good sponsorship then you will see the team to start struggling but for us I think we, we appreciate our sponsors. They, they've always supported us and pumped in a lot of money for us to perform in, in all the competitions. How important is the involvement of uh, FAS, that is uh, Football Association of Zambia? Yeah, of course, first they are there to give us guidance and encouragement because they are the mother body of, of, of all the teams and we get instructions from first and they are also doing a, a very good job by making sure that they educate the, the coaches. I think first have really done a, a lot of strides in terms of education of the coaches and that is why you've seen Zambian football is now on a different level at the moment. It is because of the education that FAS has embarked on in terms of improving the, the quality of coaching staff in, in, in our country, Zambia. Now let us reflect back to 2017. 
when we were in the CAF Champions League and uh, unfortunately you lost uh, on the ultimate day. Can you just take us through the competition? Yeah, of course, in the group stage we performed very well, but unfortunately we lost it when we drew with El uh, Ali at home because in the, champ in the group stage the best thing to do for you to go to the next round or to the quarterfinals, you have to win your home games so that you are at an advantage. Otherwise the team did very well, though we, we were underdogs in the, in the group, as people were saying, but I think we rose to the occasion and surprised the, the big guns that we were within the group and we managed to top uh, the, the, the group for quite some time until we lost it on the last day when we lost to Wydad Casablanca in Morocco. I think it is a lesson that uh, we've learned. I think we this time around we'll try and uh, work hard so that we win all our own games in order for us to, to go very far in this competition. I'm sure you're quite devastated when you lost on the very last day. Yeah, of course, it was a very painful loss, losing uh, on the last day of, uh, of the group stage matches. I think it was very painful. I think it would have been better if we had uh, lost whilst we, we were not topping the group. But unfortunately, that's how it was. We, we lost it on the last day of the, uh, the competition in the group stage. And uh, we just had to accept it and move, move forward. That is why this time around we've tried to fuse in a number of players to strengthen the team so that we can perform better than we did last, uh, last year. How difficult is it to play North African opponents, especially at their home ground? Yeah, of course it's very difficult to play those teams. I think the most important thing is to, to be tactically disciplined and play according to instructions. Then you'll find it easy to play the North African teams. And that is what we did last year. I think we were tactically disciplined and we played as a team. That is what helped us to, to even progress into to the group stage and perform better. I think this time around we just have to encourage our team so that at least we can do better than we did last year. That's the coach of Zambian club Zanoko, Mumamba Numba, speaking to Orbert Sitole. So Solomon, no doubt Zambian football doing very well these days with a strong league and their club football is on the up. I definitely feel uh, Zambian football is definitely doing well uh, these days. The league is strong and growing stronger and the football clubs uh, are on the ups. You know, gone are the days where we used to have uh, uh, Green Buffaloes, but now we have the two Zs, Zesco and also Zanaco. Uh, you know, teams that have really vastly been improving, uh, playing in the Africa Champions League. And, and day by day improving. Uh, definitely they deserve the two slot in the in the Champions League uh, because last year, like we saw, losing that game against Wider, the eventual winners uh, in Morocco, uh, denied them the opportunity to progress. And that was for Zanaco. But, but <clears throat> Zesco also has been playing well. And sometimes I do watch the, the, the games on TV and, and following it. And, and just the display of, of, of the game... Uh, and and also a lot of young players coming through you know the league and and for me that is the future of any league and most importantly as we had just the investment by sponsors 
in, in Zambia, we've seen quite a lot of uh, players from West Africa and around East Africa actually going into Zambia lately. It means that the league is gradually growing and, uh, and I think there's a great future for Zambian football. Uh, and in the next two, three years, we're going to see a lot of these younger players coming through uh, and it's going to be great for Chipolo Polo and they're definitely going to be uh, a fixture at the Africa Cup of Nations and, and hopefully we see them uh, qualify for the World Cup for the first time in their history. Well, maybe. Uh, Zambian football looking very strong right now. We'll see how Zanaco and Zesco get on in the Champions League. Zanaco host armed forces of the Gambia this weekend in their preliminary round first leg tie, while Zesco are away to JKU of Zanzibar. Well, this is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. And you can download our app and listen to the show anytime. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. Once you've downloaded, you can listen to the show anytime on the app and access past programmes too in our archive. You can also listen to the show on our website, that's planetsportfootballafrica.com, and our Twitter handle is at planetsportfa. Well, next on the show, we turn to social media. And last week, we talked about Gabon striker Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang moving to Arsenal from Borussia Dortmund for around $79 million, making him Africa's most expensive player ever, ahead of Mohamed Salah and Sadio Mane. Aubameyang was the 2015 African Footballer of the Year. He's been a goal-scoring machine at Dortmund, so it was no surprise to see him scoring on his Arsenal debut. We asked how you think he will get on at the Gunners. Stuart was rather cautious, while Solomon and I were very much excited. So we asked for your thoughts. What can we expect from Aubameyang at Arsenal? Once again, we had a huge response, so apologies if we can't read your message out. On Facebook first, and Jimmy James Piresi in Uganda says Aubameyang will definitely shine if he gets plenty of time on the pitch. And being a high-quality player from the Bundesliga, I hope he will do it, says Jimmy. More Cisse and the Gambia agree, saying, As an Arsenal fan, I expect him to deliver up to expectations. I have no doubt about that. We know what he can do in terms of scoring goals, says Moore. I think he'll be the next Nwankwo Kanu at Arsenal. On WhatsApp, Mohamed Chamak Kabgo in Sierra Leone is another happy Arsenal fan. Aubameyang is a very good player. I'm pretty sure he will do it in England and make his mark, says Mohamed. But Alassana Drame in the Gambia offers a note of caution. He's a fantastic player and I have no doubt we'll see him pick up the same form in the Premier League. But I don't like him playing for Arsenal as he'll go year in, year out without winning a trophy, says Alassana. On a WhatsApp voice note, Musa Balde in the Gambia also expressed some concerns. You know, he's a prolific striker. There's no doubt about his scoring ability and everybody knows that he will be a scorer in the EPL. But where the issue lies is if Per wanted to win trophies, because Arsenal, as we all know, that it's a club that is not blessed with trophy. So Per being an exceptional player moving to Arsenal, um, to me, is just killing his career. Because we all know Arsenal, though they're a team, they play football, I can say. But the issue is they can't win trophies and he needs trophies. Thanks there to Musa Balde, but Mahari Cham, also in the Gambia, is sounding very positive. Yeah, I believe this is the best move he could have 
ever made that's joining Arsenal Football Club. His play style matches Arsenal's own and that will really help him to really gel up quickly and do really well for Arsenal Football Club. So yeah, I believe Pierre Emerick's move to Arsenal is a very good move for him and both for him and Arsenal and he will he would really do good for Arsenal. That's Mahari Chang there. We heard from China from Khalifa Sanyang. Uh, Khalifa says Aubameyang guarantees goals. I think it'll be a huge success at Arsenal in terms of the number of goals he's going to score, says Khalifa. However, I don't think he's going to win any major titles because it's Arsenal and they don't win major titles. Modu Saini in the Gambia also has some concerns, saying it's a great move, but he'll have a tough second half of the season before he adapts to life in the English Premier League. But Paul in Nigeria is very optimistic, saying, I think Arsenal have got just the striker they needed to revive their season. Aubameyang is a good buy, and Arsenal will be glad that they bought him, says Paul. Firmus Correa in the Gambia agrees, saying I think it's a very good move for him. He'll be really exposed to a wider world compared to Germany, as it's not as developed as the English Premier League. It'll be a real test for Aubameyang because the EPL is really hard and difficult to play in, says Firmus. Stanley in Ghana says look at his qualities. He'll be able to make it at Arsenal because he's a talented striker who's shown us he's one of the top-class goalscorers. After Didier Drogba, he's shown that he's also up there to raise the bar. So good luck to him. I hope that he lifts Arsenal up. Hamat Jobe in the Gambia agrees, saying Aubameyang is a phenomenal player who sets his eye on the goal and is very fast with the ball. I'm sure he'll find it easy to settle in at Arsenal, says Hamat. He now has the perfect players behind him to make the assists like Ozil and Mkhitaryan and Wilshere. Gemo is a Cameroonian living in the United States. Uh, Gemo says, I think it's a good move for him and Arsenal needed a big-name signing after the departure of Alexis Sanchez. Aubameyang reminds me of Thierry Henry, says Gemo. He's quick and a very good goalscorer. The only setback is his discipline, but hopefully he's coming with a better attitude to score goals for Arsenal because they do need the goals to fight for a spot in the top four. Fode Njie in the Gambia also has concerns over the Gabonese striker's disciplinary record. He fits the bill at Arsenal and it's a timely move since he's been under the radar for wrong reasons at Dortmund, says Fode. I reckon he'll be a hit if he adapts fast. Good luck, Pierre, says Fode. Yeah, those are disciplinary issues coming in the last few months, uh, mainly at Dortmund, where he clearly was unsettled. Let's have a couple more WhatsApp voice notes. Uh, here's John in Ghana. It's really a right move for him to go to Arsenal, you know. Though I'm not an Arsenal fan, though, but we should expect Arsenal to go far this time. And then big up to Bamiyan for making such a move to Arsenal. He worked it and then he deserves it. Thanks, John. And here's the thoughts of Abrima Kante in the Gambia. I think it is a good deal for Arsenal because Abamyang is such a wonderful goal scorer that any team will wish to have. So I think it's a great deal. I'm happy for Aubameyang because he is such a good goal scorer and it's good for the EPL that one of Africa's best goal poacher is joining them and it makes the league so exciting as I normally say the English league is the best league, the most popular league in the world so it's good to see him at the EPL and for him also to showcase his talent because he has been scoring 
wonderful goal at Dortmund in Bundesliga. And I know he delivered the same in EPL. Thanks to Abrima Kante and the Gambia. I certainly hope that that will be the case. Thompson Piri in Zambia says, I'm a Manchester United fan, but this move to me is really a great deal for Arsenal because he will improve the team. He's a better player than Lukaku, and I pray he brings a great change to Arsenal. Moses in the Gambia is another Manchester United fan who thinks Aubameyang will do well. It's a very good move for him, says Moses, but there will be lots of challenges as the English league is always tough, but I hope he will be one of those African players who always succeed at Arsenal. In Nigeria, Obina says we expect him to become even more prolific in goal scoring. He has a world-class playmaker, Mesut Ozil, in the same team, plus his blistering pace and great goal-scoring ability. He will generally improve the Gunners' team, bringing more pace and goals to Arsenal. Well, nearly all of the comments this week have been broadly positive about Aubameyang, but Paul Bello in Malawi takes a different view, saying, I don't think he's made the right decision. He can't shine at Arsenal. He will regret it, says Paul. Well, thanks again to everyone who got in touch with us this week. And again, uh, sorry if we didn't have time to read out your comment. This week on WhatsApp and on Facebook, we're asking, what are your hopes in the CAF Champions League this year? The 2018 Champions League and Confederation Cup begin this weekend, with clubs from all over Africa playing in preliminary round games. So what are your expectations for your country this year? Do you think that you'll have a team reaching the group stage maybe or even going further and challenging for the trophy? You can go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. So will it be a good year for your country in African club football? Well, back to the English Premier League now. The transfer window closed last week. And on last week's show, we talked a lot about Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang's transfer to Arsenal. But there was a lot of other transfer activity that we didn't have time to catch up on. So our European football expert Stuart Weir joins us from the UK with a rundown of some of the big transfers involving African players. Leicester City had three Africans on the move. They signed Fusini Diabati from Ajaccio in France, and of course he's already uh, scored a couple of goals. But out went Ahmed Moussa, the Nigerian, who's gone back to CSKA Moscow, having really never quite made it. He basically couldn't get enough game time. Similarly, Islam Slimani, the Algerian, has gone to Newcastle on loan. Now, he had 13 starts last season, but only two this year. And during the two seasons he's been here, he's only scored eight league goals and probably they were wanting more from him. Andre Ayew from Ghana has gone from West Ham to Swansea. That's back to Swansea and is now joining his brother Jordan, having really failed to make much impact at West Ham. Stoke City, who are in the bottom three at the moment, have signed Badu Nedai, a Senegal player, from Galatasaray in Turkey. Now, he's an interesting player. He spent four years in Denmark, three in Turkey, and has got 14 caps for his country. Watford have signed Didier Dong from Sunderland. Now, he's a Gabonese player who spent three years in Tunisia, then in France. And it's quite a surprising move because he had 43 starts for Sunderland last year, so I'm surprised that they're letting him go on loan. 
Benigafobi, Congolese player, has left Bournemouth on loan to go back to Wolverhampton from whence he came simply because he's not getting enough game time. And Baba Rahman, Ghanaian player, who got 11 games for Chelsea uh, a couple of seasons ago but has struggled since, he has gone on loan to Schalke. Diafra Seko has left West Ham to go to Rennes. And Isaac Success has gone on loan from Watford to Malaga. Now, the Nigerian had such a great start with Watford, but it hasn't really worked out. But don't forget, he's been there for just over a year and played under three managers. And finally, Steve, I don't know whether you can explain this to me, but in the transfer window, Newcastle United have loaned out 12 players and Watford 10 players. Why did clubs need such large squads when they cannot find a starting place or even a bench place for the players and they're paying them and sending them out on loan? Twelve players at Newcastle out on loan. (laughs) That is amazing. I guess they'd say they're keeping their options open, but it really increases the wage bill, doesn't it? And as Stuart last weekend gave us some exciting games and Kenya's Victor Wanyama had a say in Tottenham's draw with Liverpool in a quite extraordinary match. Well, Steve, Liverpool 2, Tottenham 2, what a game that was. It had everything. Now, Mo Salah from Egypt scored both the Liverpool goals, one which seemed to dribble through three defenders as if they weren't there. Victor Wanyama came off the bench. Now, he's been out of favour at Tottenham, having not started a game since August, and he scored a spectacular goal. The drama really started in the last 10 minutes and there are so many issues we could have asked the video assistant referee had he been available. The first question was, was Harry Kane offside when he received the ball? Had the defender Lovren touched the ball and did that play him on or not? Then, when the Liverpool goalkeeper Carius dived, did he bring Kane down? And if so, should he have seen a red card? Or was the contact minimal and did Harry Kane in fact dive? Anyway, Kane took the penalty and it was saved. Then Mo Salah gave Liverpool the lead, but well into stoppage time, Van Dijk clashes with Lamella. Referee John Moss says no penalty, plays on, but the assistant flags for a penalty, which is awarded, and Harry Kane scored. Now, in all seriousness, uh, it's easy to say the VAR would have solved all that, but whether it was an offside, whether there was a touch, whether that played them onside, was there enough contact for penalty, should there have been a red car, they're all matters of opinion, and frankly, I don't think the VAR would have helped at all. Yes, I watched the post-match analysis on Sky Sports and a refereeing expert was brought in. There was so much debate, so much difference of opinion on those refereeing decisions, although the refereeing expert insisted that the officials had got it right. Amazing game that was between Liverpool and Tottenham. What else stood out for you in the latest round of matches, Stuart? Well, last week, Chelsea lost at home to Bournemouth 3-0. And then on the Monday night game this week, Chelsea lost 4-1 at Watford. Now, in the first half, Chelsea conceded a penalty and then had Babayoko sent off for two yellow card offences. Chelsea did get an equaliser, but then in seven crazy minutes, Watford scored three goals to win 4-1. And that really does raise the question of what on earth is going on at Chelsea and where does it leave Antonio Conte? It certainly leaves the new Watford manager, Javi Garcia, feeling very content with life. Arsenal beat Everton 5-1 and Aubameyang, on cue, scored his first goal for Arsenal. 
perhaps it's churlish to say that he was clearly offside and the officials missed it. And last week, I raised the question of whether he and Lacazette can play together. Well, Lacazette didn't have a chance to see if he could play in the new Arsenal team because he sat on the bench for 90 minutes. Crystal Palace drew 1-1 with Newcastle, with Mohamed Diami of Senegal scoring for Newcastle. Interestingly, loan signing Islam Slimani from Algeria didn't get even on the bench for Newcastle. Palace, unfortunately, saw Wilfred Zaha go down with a knee injury, which is feared may keep him out for a month or two. Ahmed Hagazi, the Egyptian, scored for West Brom, but they still lost 3-2 to Southampton and remain at the bottom of the table. Now, a lot of interesting activity in the Leicester draw with Swansea. We had Ndidi, who's normally there, and his fellow Nigerian Kelechi Ehenacho got a rare start in the Premier League. And the Mali player who signed in the transfer window, Fusini Diabati, who scored in the FA Cup last week, got his first league start as well. And sad news for Wilfred Bonney, who came on as a 70-minute substitute and got injured soon afterwards and left the ground with his knee in a knee brace. Disappointing for him. Yes, really sad that for Wilfred Bonney, and it's been a tough few years for the Ivorian. Thanks, Stuart. That's it for the show for this week. But on Facebook and on WhatsApp, we're asking, how do you think your country will do in African club football this year as the CAF Champions League and Confederation Cup kicks off this weekend? Will it be a good year for your country in African club football? You can go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. From me, Steve Vickers in Harare from Solomon Ashams in South Africa and Stuart Weir in the UK. Thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.